0: For over 70 years, Hercules Tires has been empowering more drivers to ride on the strength of a brand that delivers the performance they demand, the choices they desire, and the affordability they deserve. Plus, the company's comprehensive warranty called the Hercules Performance Promise Plan ensures peace of mind to match performance. And now they're putting a little bread behind the tread with a prepaid MasterCard for up to $70 on qualifying purchases from April 1st through May 15th. Visit HerculesTires.com slash meat eater to learn more and find what moves you.
1: Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors, beneath crystal chandeliers, and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue. With all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way, the gala is the perfect place to say I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Are UK Bigfoot reports on the increase? And if so, is it due to COVID and the recent storms and floods? If the last few years have taught me anything, I should never be surprised by a new report coming in. Now, although... Current face-to-face UK Wildman reports are very rare. This year has started off with a rash of new sighting reports. During the summer months, we have had a steady supply of large cat reports which have been witnessed by many dog walkers. There were a couple of strange short dog dogman-like accounts, some animal mutilations, some UFO reports and all manner of red and yellow-eyed creatures. Now, normally, as winter comes in, the reports start to peter out or die off. I think the weather's something to do with this, but that's only a guess on my part. Now, I've noticed a pattern over the decades that show a fall-off of reports from, say, midwinter to late spring. Last year, there was a change to this pattern. Now, the Bigfoot reports doubled ...from the previous years, as did all the other reports of, like, werewolves and strange creatures. This year it's switched again. From the last week of January to mid-February, we've had two reported sightings of a Bigfoot-like creature. But the reports are not south to north, as in other years. It's always kind of followed that pattern that the reports came in from the south and went to the country... This year, they came in from the opposite direction. They came from north to south. Where I live, we've had very mild weather in the north. In fact, our three or four days of snow disappeared overnight. But southern areas of the country have had quite a lot of floods and storms. So the last few weeks have been like late Spring, where I live, whilst in other areas in the UK, there's major flooding and high winds. There is also a new sighting from the Midlands and another cl- close by of a red eyed creature in the Penkridge area in the Midlands. Here are those reports, and in some of these reports, the witnesses have been happy to record a short interview explaining what they saw that day, and I've included that also. The witness in our next case is named Aaron Bowers, and he saw what he described as a honey-coloured wild man on the 2nd of February 2021 at about 10 to 10am in the morning. And Aaron said, I have had a history of investigating a series of woodlands um, in the village nearby to where I live. I live in Staffordshire. I've experienced finding numerous tree structures, tree breaks. I've also seen an 8 to 12 foot tree off the ground. I've seen arched over trees whose tops had been anchored down the logs and scrub. Large and small crossed over trees, so X structures and suspended trees and tangled masses of branches. The mini kaplunk signs that you see. Um, so there's a lot of um, activity in the area where I'm Researchers And he does go most days and he just says, I've discovered a variety of indistinct footprints of two sizes. One seems to be about eight inches long and the other seems to be about 12 inches long. And he went on to say, I intended to have another few hours exploring the local woodland. I just parked the car in a lay by and I was stood outside. I'm in mean, the process of putting my walking boots on when well, my attention was drawn to a small area of woodland around about 300 metres away. I saw the head, upper body and legs down to the knees of a large, hairy man. He or she was in the process of watching a group of pheasants in an adjacent arable field. They're attracted to an area where the farmer has deposited piles of stale silage and animal waste. Now, the hairy man turned to his right from a standing position and took three to four long strides with arms sweeping, following an arc before entering a dense thicket of holly. He strode between two large ancient trees. His or her lower legs were hidden behind a pile of silage. Now, the hairy man that I saw had great bulk to his or her body, a negligible neck with a good sized head. Um, Facial features were indistinct due to the distance. He or she had long muscular arms, the hands of which were reaching down to the knees. The stride was smooth and this creature's back was slightly sloping forward. There was no rise and fall of the body as it moved. The colour of the hairy body was a mid-mousy brown, but he or she had numerous patches of beige and honey-coloured hair about the head and shoulders and parts of the back. It was like a mottled appearance. Now, the paler areas were indeed hair, it seems, and not bald areas. If it had not been for the pale colour of the form and his or her movement, I may not have noticed it. Now, the pale colour stood out markedly against the dark green holly trees that the hairy form entered into. Had the body been black or dark brown, the creature may not have been noticed. Needless to say, I rushed to the area of woodland with a camera and binoculars in hand. Between the silage waste and woodland, there was a barbed wire fence. I rushed to get there and I posed about four feet in height. The hairy man stood and moved behind the fence. From the fence post height, I would estimate the height of this creature would have been around seven feet. Now, I find it really interesting about the hair because, as you'll notice in some of these reports, they talk about a light-coloured hair. Now, you, as you know, Bigfoot reports, no matter where you are in the world, never just say, oh, they were black. They come in a myriad of colours, from all the way from, like, a reddish ginger through the browns and the blacks all the way to complete white and grey. Is this a seasonal thing? Is this something that happens in a natural way so that they breed, blend in? almost with the the seasons. I mean, I don't know. I'm just um, speaking out loud, I suppose. But yeah, it's always interested me that. Is there a colour for a season or is the white or the greyness we see the same that you see humans with blonde hair or, you know, grey hair in an older person? I'm not too sure, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Our next witness report takes us back to the notorious, or infamous, shall I say, Cannock Chase. Well, close to Cannock Chase. um, In the Penkridge area. Now, this is described as something with two golf ball sized red eyes. And I'm sure locals to the area will know exactly where I'm talking about. Our witness says, I was driving on the A34 northbound. As I approached the roundabout and just after Huntingdon and where it signed for the Commonwealth War Cemetery, I saw something I cannot explain. It was late at night, it was about 1.15am and that was Thursday, the 4th of February 2021. As I was driving, there was a dark woodland on both sides of me and four deer were just standing there stationary in the road. That's really unusual, and there were other drivers on the road. They were herded together, just on the other side of the roundabout. The deer didn't move out of the way, even from the path of an arctic lure. I had to negotiate around them and take the lane on the opposite side of the road. I was really confused about their behaviour, and that's really out of the ordinary for deer. I slowed right down. And I started to look to where the stationary deer appeared to be staring. And after a few seconds, I saw something between two trees. They were approximately five, five and a half feet apart. I looked at the two trees and between them, I saw two red lights. Now, the lights were the apparent side of, say, golf balls, around six inches to 12 inches apart. I had a good eye level from where I was sitting in the lorry. I think I was approximately about 10 feet off the ground. And as I passed the day, they seemed to break their trance and scatter into the nearby woodland. Now, he says, I use this road regularly when the M6 is closed and it's always used as a diversion route, so I'm really familiar with it. I've seen wild animals before, but I don't know what those red globes were. I mean, it could have been eyeshine, I suppose. Whatever it was, it spooked the deer out of the woods onto a major road filled with traffic. And it was dark, and there could have been a serious accident down there. I mean, that is very strange behaviour for deer, as we know. Um, They do run out across the road, um, and sometimes that can cause an unfortunate accident. You see them, you know, come bounding out of the woods. But standing, herded, in the middle of the road, that's... uh, rather strange, Well, let me take you to our new report, another new report, um, and this report comes from my area, not too far away from when, where I saw the wild man, and anyone watching the video, that was the first picture that you saw tonight, so let's have a listen to a weird bulky man or a Salford Bigfoot, and this happened on the 24th of January, 2021, at two th- oh sorry three thirty a m in the morning reports come in to me in many ways but this report came into me by email and a gentleman simply put in Bigfoot and the word salford and I popped up. Now he described it as a weird bulky man but when you listen to the description of the body and the movements see for yourself like you see what you think. Hi Debbie. I just did a Google search for Bigfoot in the town of Salford and you pop, popped up there on top of the page. I did the search because the other night about 3, 3.30am, I went to the window in the flat that I live in and I wasn't looking for anything in particular but as I was looking out I could see across the road from me and I kid you not there was what looked like a large Bigfoot creature just loping up the road. I don't know if it was a huge guy jogging with lots of layers on and he was going strangely up the road. His movements sure were odd. He didn't look like he was straightening his legs in between strides and he had arms that were dangling down at the side. had this kind of big head, but it was really dark here so it was hard to see him clearly. Now, he came up the road and then he took a left at the top near the underpass from the looks of it. I only moved in here last March so I'm not familiar with Salford at all but I can tell you it got a kind of what out of me and I don't surprise easily. That was either one giant dude or this massive fit guy running up this road in a costume in the middle of the night or it could well have been a Bigfoot creature from the little I know of the area
1: ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Leftovers, or The DMV. Number ninety-seven. Or House cleaning. Chumba
1: Casino always brings the fun. Play over a 100 different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. terms and conditions apply. website for details. It looks like there's a park just down the road there, and there's some trees and lots of open land. Either way, I figured you deserved the heads up at least. It really is dark here, and the street line is off across the road, so. I couldn't say for certain either way, but that was one big, wide dude, and he was just loping up this road like he was on a mission. I'm surprised he didn't have a heart attack. He thought it was just a bloke. He was running up the road on one side, and he crossed over at the intersection there, just past the underpass. He took a left down that long road next to the motorway. I want to just put it down to, say, a huge rugby player or something... But his run was really strange. The lack of straightening in his knees between the strides and the way his arms were dangling down. Plus, he had a huge head that looked pretty hairy and it stood out to me. It's the last thing you would expect to see in Salford. Welcome to my world. I don't think I've ever seen anyone running with dangling arms before. And for such a big guy to move up that incline, I imagine he would have had to be super healthy or risking a heart attack going up this long road or hill. He said, I weigh 15 stone, about 5 foot 10, and he was far bigger than me. When I see other joggers jogging past here, they look like thin sticks compared to the guy that I saw out there. I think it was a creature. Now, if I see him again and he's just a huge bloke, I will mail you back and apologise for wasting your time, Deborah but it was strange enough for me to think about it for a few days and run a Google search to see if by any chance anything like that had been seen around here. Now, I really was expecting to get zero results for it, I must admit. I think there's a park around the corner, but I'm not sure how big it is or how far it goes. There are some pretty big roads around here from the looks of it, but I'm not familiar with the area at all. So I really couldn't guess at how accessible it would be to get to deeper woodlands. I would be surprised if there would be enough food in this forest around here to sustain such a big creature like the fellow I saw. But honestly, I don't have enough information on it at all to judge. After seeing your report and video on your own experience, I thought I'd drop you a quick message and give you a heads up. But from the size of that guy. I would say, please be careful if you go back there, Deborah. Now, the road this gentleman's talking about is over a mile long from top to bottom, and it's, the incline is unbelievable. Um, it's just it's like a mountainside going from the bottom of the road to the top of the road because we are on the Pennine Fault, so we're right at the top of the peak, and then there's like two valleys that fall away either side of us. So the road that he's talking about um is right next to the part where my experience happened it's just like i don't know about 25 steps something ridiculous like so no i'm exaggerating but it's it's the same it's on the same road uh as i say it's on a very i'm sorry i'm whispering because my head's gone straight back there now i'm just doing that thing that i do where i think how did he get there you know how's he got from there to there the, the road's on a really steep incline. So, like, the docks are at the bottom where the Manchester ship can is, and then at the top of the road is part of what we call the Pennine Fault, so it's along the fault line. So you've got, like, two steep valleys, as I said, running either side, and they're river valleys. Um, and then lots of other rivers and streams join them, and they kind of flow up to the Pennines, which is, anyone outside of the UK know, is, like, the spine of the UK It's a mountain range. And you can go anywhere you want from there. You can go to Wales, you can go to Scotland, you you know, wherever you feel like going. So I can't say that if this chap saw the same thing as me, that, that would be impossible for me to do. I wasn't standing there with him looking out of a high window, you know, watching the world go by below. In, um I think it was snowing lightly that night. I'd do that myself not too long after my experience. I'd watch the road all night waiting for the sun up. Um, I did see some very strange things out there at night, human and non-human. How long it will be before the next person sees him or his kind, I'm not really sure of, but I'm sure we'll get more reports. The reports in the area now stem from the 1950s. So, you've got um, a chap in the 50s who saw a chimp drinking from the stream. You've got a chap in the 70s who saw a naked, hairy man chasing a fox. You've got me in 82 who saw what I would class as a man and an ape combined. You've got Brenda in 84 who also described it as a man and a chimp combined. Then we go to 2012, Tony on a mountain bike, who saw what he described as a red-haired creature in a typical gorilla stance. Um, our next one would be 2016 on the Ellesmere Golf Course, and that was seen by four gentlemen. That was described as a big-foot, hairy-type creature. It gesticulated at them and screamed, and it seemed to be that there was more than one there at the time. I've missed one out. Uh, about 2005, a lady who was ill um, in the park at a function saw what she described as a grey, hairy-faced man that growled at her from the bushes. And then we jump to 2017, where a chap and his son out walking saw something. And now this report um, from early January. So as you can see, that's, you know, it's uh, a lot of reports from my little area, but. Um, Not only does that astound me, but the amount of reports that come in around Christmas time. Now, if these creatures move at times, say when we're asleep or when the weather keeps us inside in bad weather, then as the world becomes more and more isolated and we're forced to spend more and more time indoors, will these sightings increase? I mean, I think they will. Will there be a flip in the balance? Will we become the creatures who rarely venture outside? Now, our next report came in on the 1st of February this year. The event happened during the floods, um, obviously caused by excessive rain and the bad storms that we've had here in the UK. Temperatures this year are much colder, and the UK has been battered with storms and gales. Historically, it's our worst weather months are yet to come. So is this the reason why so many of the wild folk have been spotted this year? These reports are not only current reports. They're not the only ones that I've taken in the last six weeks. These are just the reports where the witnesses were happy for me to share their experience. Other reports have come in and obviously uh, they're not ready for me to do that yet. So hopefully over time I will be able to bring you all of our winter, spring 2021 reports. When the witnesses are at a stage where they feel ready to share. Now, as I say, um, our report came in during the floods on the 1st of the 2nd, 2021. And the gentleman said, described it as a wood in a flooded field. And he says, as I was going to work in the morning, I saw something drinking from the recently flooded field area. I passed most days as I'm driving the van to work. The figure was standing in the flooded fields where the river ooze had burst its banks. It looked like a woodroose. It was really, really tall, I estimate about eight feet, and it was completely hair-covered. I could even make out wet hair hanging down on its hands from dipping its hands into the water. The creature seemed to be looking at something, or looking for something, in the water. At one point it used its hands to shade the water and I wondered if the field was being flooded that maybe there was some fish maybe still trapped in the field there. The water was less than a foot deep in places. He said, I couldn't pull the van over on the bend for a long time. So I saw this as I was driving um, and I saw it around three times from three different perspectives. It bugged me all day. So I went back after work to the same spot, you know, just in case I'd mistaken a stump or a tree for the creature that I saw. When I returned, I could see nothing that could have tricked my eye. Now, the the area it had been standing in was clear. I had a good line of sight and I am now certain I saw an upright hairy, two-legged creature in a flooded field. I must commend our witness and not only returning to the area as soon as possible, but also for recording his experience on his phone so he had a detailed account of what happened later. Our witness is an outdoorsman; He is often out for hours on end in the woodlands, so he's used to our usual wildlife. This creature stood out to him as unusual. He didn't feel scared or threatened in any way. And although he could make woos out very clearly there was an expanse of water between them he said it had an oval faced it had an oval shaped face that I could not see clearly at all Its hair was really dark brown almost black and he was really big I don't mean just in height he was broad and thickly muscled I'm just gutted I didn't get a photograph I'm certain of what I saw and I've had a few days to clear my thoughts and I don't want to make any changes to the report.
1: Just come back, uh, this is after I've knocked off work but all, uh, quite a way down this road I keep getting glimpses of this sort of view from different perspectives and I'm sure I saw a worse. Um, I've just come back to make sure there's nothing I could have um, so in this general area here, you see that row. It comes from behind that hedgerow, which is like there's a second field over there. And it were like wading through there. And it were very long-haired, and if you can imagine, hands curled up, the hairs come from the cuff area over its hands. It were like not super dark black, like these ones that absorb light. It was probably a charcoal grey colour, but it, it was silhouetted against the water here. And I'm just looking if there's a, anything there that I could be mistaken for it. But I uh It was a big boy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely a big boy. Anyway, he come... From different perspectives, he he come over this sort of line and he was wading through the water here, looking down, bending down every now and again, looking and... and just, uh, at one point, he put his hand over the water. Uh, so, yeah, I've just come back to double-check. I, I want to get it clear in my own mind. Because when you're going along a road, I, I slowed right down to about 35. There was no one, um, no one behind me, uh, so I could slow down. And he sort of come round that area where I'm looking now, but he come from sort of... When I first saw him, he was just coming over that line and he come through here what is he was looking for something or he was foraging or fishing I don't know what he was doing uh, he had long long hair over his waist uh, face but but he was not like he was not like slim at the waist and top heavy he was thick all the way down really really thick dude I reckon I oh, rate enough uh, easy uh, and there's nothing there I can see. I just wanted to clarify this in my own mind, because when you're driving along, you're seeing it from different perspectives. And I had about three glimpses of this area coming up this road from Cracken Hill, well, one Cracken, Cracken Hill, uh, from where I I turn onto this road. And it's the road from Harold to Lavendon. I'll give you the coordinates of where I saw the sighting. But you were a big dude, you really rode. One of, Uh, What I call the Bedfordshire big boys because everybody else seems to think they're smaller in this country, but there you go. (laughs) He were big. He were really big. I think he was over eight and a half. He could have been nine, even more. But he were big big as in not tall big, but big big, (laughs) if you don't want him. Really thick, thick. Straight all the way down, not narrow at the waist like Pixel Roast. His very shoulders and chest... Um I just want taking Well this is where I saw it anyway. And it's the first of February two thousand and twenty one. I saw this approximately half nine ten in the morning. Um no probably more like ten. Um on my way to work. But this is where the ooze has burst its bank and come over the fields. The ooze is in that direction. Uh, so the river who's in its banks makes you wonder doesn't it what was he looking for, what was he foraging was he fishing, was he needling I don't know down where I was looking at him yeah we'd have come from behind there somewhere when I was seeing him Uh, and you know when you're driving along From different perspectives, you've got trees flashing past. Uh, It can seem like the subject's moving when it's actually you moving, but the bit I can't get over is he was definitely more upright at some points and bending down. It might have given an appearance to be moving, but it was more like it was upright and then bending down to look and then up again. I reckon he... He come from around where we're looking now over there he'd he'd, he'd already come over there but he was obviously coming from that direction and he comes sort of around here and this is where i stopped seeing him roughly where i'm looking now Uh, obviously he was silhouetted against against the water so i couldn't make any, any mega detail but he wasn't super super black like see that bush you know, it was moderately similar to that colour. It looks blackish, but it wasn't, like, super, super black. Obviously, like that bush, is silhouetted against the water. So i give you another perspective of another angle I would have seen him from. <laughs> another perspective, even further back. Well, I've him. <coughs> Yeah, that area was exact, more or less exactly well, that white area. Exactly where I saw him from that bit. And there was a bit one further back. Do you realise how cold that water is? How cold it is? You'd be hypothermia very quickly in that, I'm telling you, that is ice cold. Even if you had waders on, I'm sure that would be bloody freezing. Sorry about the wobble. But <laughs> yeah. I've seen about here going across here, see if we can get into more perspectives as if I go back. I've, I've, I've kind of glimpsed it three times. I mean, as, as I say, you've got t- trees flashing by. You're trying to keep your eyes on it and concentrating on being on the road, obviously. Don't want to have any accidents. Although there weren't much traffic
0: around. Our witness went home. Obviously, had a cup of tea. got himself dried and everything. And had to sit down. And when he was calm up, He spoke again about what he saw in the morning, Um, gives a much better description of the features and things like that. So have a listen, Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for him, and I will be recording with him in the future. So obviously I'll bring that to you. But yeah, have a listen to him now; he's a little bit more calmer. So I'll
1: just put that arrow in roughly the way he was moving. Um, So what I've done here is on. With what I took, uh, my camera, I zoomed into the bit where he was, um, took the background, sketched him out on a bit of paper (laughs) and uh, took a photo of that and then in Photoshop, stuck him in there, put the reflection in. uh, I put a bit of a highlight because his face looked oval and a bit of a highlight on his thigh where I saw... A bit of light struck him. It just wasn't enough to be able to even see any features of the face or anything like that. As I say, he probably had hair hanging down over his face because he had sort of longish hair. Um, and the hair coming off his cuffs. Now, what I think was, this is logical, right, because if he's had his hands in the water, it's going to come He's going to weigh his hair down, and it cut. It's going to stick together. It's wet into more of a point. So that that's quite logical, isn't it? If you think about it. What's also logical is, um, and I was thinking about this. If you look where the water is at the bottom of the bushes, right? I doubt that is even ten inches high in places, or even shallower. Um, maybe a foot in places because it. What what these fields are is, like, really rough uh, sheep grazing land. You know, it's basically grass and a little bit scrubby, and it's a bit uppy and downy. So my theory is there's nothing there for him to have apart from fish. Now, if the ooze has burst its banks and the fish have got stuck in the shallows, that's easy pickings for him, isn't it? That is possibly why he's come out. Um, they seem to, have, to know the limit of you know the, the difference between dark and shade and where they're more masked and blending and the, the distance of human eyesight to make anything clear they seem to have a really good idea of that uh, so that's that bit and so I've done my best to show you what it looked like um He was moving very slowly and, as I say, he's more up right there. He was always hunched forward to a certain extent because they carry themselves like that. I mean, in fact, that is probably what drew my eye to him in the first place. It was more the posture and how he carried himself. I I was like, that's not a human, that's a wose that is. My eyes told me straight away. Um, Yeah, I probably made him a bit black, (laughs) a bit too black, but uh, you know you get a rough idea and I think I got that pretty good Uh I mean by the size of the bushes I, that's how I scaled him because I remember that was about the same but obviously that's more in the distance so
0: he's a bit bigger than he is Um so that's basically that so yeah I reckon that is the most likely explanation that he was taking advantage of an easy meal picking fish off I think uh, I'd have to say I do agree with our witness. I think the woos or whatever creature it was that he saw was looking for food. If the has flooded the fields and then retreated, you probably got less than a feet of water and there'd be some decent sized fish in it, you know, and it would not so hard to catch them. You see um, indigenous tribes, we, would, we used to do it in England. We had like a strange horseshoe shape blanket but basket sorry i don't know i said blanket you know no no, then again they might have done it with a blanket years ago you never know but basically when the field's flooding and you've got like six seven eight inches of water you just skim with this u-shaped basket and you know pick fish like shooting fish in a barrel as they say so yeah i think that's probably what he was doing he was um looking for food and um, uh, it's lean times, there's not a lot, a lot out there, as I say, further down the country where that report took place. There has been snow and floods and, and lots of rain. Um, now, our next report comes from not too far away from this area. A man out walking came across a strange set of footprints in wet ground. Now, as you can see from the prints, uh, they appear to be very fresh. And although it looks as though there are claw marks on the toes, this is due to foot movement, um, as whoever made the prints continue to walk. Now, thankfully, this gentleman also had the foresight to take photographs of the prints. So here is his report in his own words. And this happened on the 7th of February 2021 at about 3.30pm. And he said, me and my partner went for a walk in the woods nearby to me in South Kent and near the East Sussex border and we went for a walk in the woods, and it was snowing. We got about halfway in, and it was very quiet, as you'd expect. Upon taking a right onto another path, I had a look down, because the snow suddenly picked up, it got um, the weather got worse, and this is when we spotted several footprints meandering across the path. Now, we pondered on it for a bit, and then we took some photos and moved on. And just as we got around about 50 feet or so up, up from the tracks from the prints I heard a pop of wood a kind of pop go off in the woods down a valley, not very loud but definitely a knock or a pop admittedly I'm not ruling out a person could have done this but the weather conditions and the situations were abnormal for barefoot walking the prints were fairly broad and there were slips and other signs of natural movement there now the pop could well have been a branch snap from snow load but it's only a few inches deep at the moment. There's not that much of it. And the timing was just uncanny. It's definitely interesting and it's definitely worth a proper investigation, he says, as soon as possible. This happened completely out of the blue and what was just a normal walk where my brain, honestly, was on the weather and, and nothing else. Just to the north of this footprint find, there is another set of footprints that were found along the medway and that was in 2013 and that was somebody out walking their dog and that witness said oh years ago in 2013 in the middle of one of our worst winters i was out early walking my dog before work it was around 5 45 a.m and i took her on our usual route which takes in a large field on the edge of an urban development and where we are, there is countryside for several miles there. Our walk is next to a moderate-sized wood above the River Medway. It had been snowing heavily during the night, and it was well below freezing. And it was dark still, it being December and all. As we got about halfway round, when I saw in the torchlight, coming from my right, a set of footprints in the snow, and they looked like bare feet. Now, the snow was still verging, apart from the usual rabbit and fox tracks. The footprints continued across the field from right to left. Now, my dog was snuffling them and showing an unusual interest in the prints. And she was casting about and going a little bit mental. The really strange bit is that the footprints started on the edge of a massive barricade of bramble bushes. And there was no sign of any pathways. Apart from a small fox rabbit run. Now the snow looked to have been knocked no snow looked to have been knocked off the top of the bramble thicket and there was no other human footprints other than mine. He said I followed the very clear trail across the width of the field. I'm six foot five and I've size thirteen feet. These prints looked a little bigger than mine, say Thirteen and a half, a size 14, something like that. And I tried to copy the stride, which was equal roughly to my own. They were broader and very deep, but obviously a bare footprint with toes. And that was obvious to me, he said. They then went down the snow-covered rubble slope. That's an entrance to Baiju's wood. My dog was still acting very excitable. And following a scent she found different. I took stock and I followed the trail about 20 feet into the wood. And then it just became too impossible to find it. Now, the problem I have is the size and stride of the footsteps are certainly within human range, he said. But it'd be a tall human like me, but not outlandishly tall. Why would someone try walking across a bare-footed snow-covered field... And leave a trail of tracks. Like I say, it's, it's an impenetrable barrier of thorns and brambles. And that backs onto the housing estate. Now, the trail started from the right of the copse in the middle. And then they skirted around it into the woods on the left. And like I said, they just sort of started on the edge with no sign of a disturbance. Um, around. Now, that is a strange one. As I was compiling this report to share with you, I was contacted by one of our members on YouTube who had a strange handprint that was also found in the snow. So I'm sure the reports will continue to come in. Um, and there is an older winter report. It's from back in 1988, but it's one of my favourite ones because it has more than one phenomena in it. And it's a shepherd that found strange prints up in the snow on Crossfell. And so it was 1988. Now, Crossfell is in Cumbria, and it's an area where a shepherd, as I said, experienced some kind of very unusual events whilst looking for his lost sheep on the summit of Crossfell in 1988. Now, the shepherd tells a story um, to the BUFORA, which is a UFO reporting site, and she talks about ramblers in the area, who have reported unusual anonymity, strange feelings which cause them to feel apprehensive and uncomfortable. They feel like they shouldn't be in the area and many of them just turn back home, especially after dark, she said. Now the shepherdess concerned had been out with her partner searching for some sheep that had gone astray. Then it was winter and there was a great deal of snow. They agreed to separate and go in different directions to search for the sheep. And as she and her partner separated, she came across an unusual set of footprints. She said, the dogs and I sat on the summit rocks to eat sandwiches and we needed a well-earned rest. When suddenly, there was a violent, swishing, rumbling sound. Looking back over the summit ridge itself, towards the Dunfell radar beacon, there was a peculiar cloud or disk which hovered for a second and disappeared down Eden Valley. I decided to retrace my steps down off the summit and continue looking for the sheep at a lower level when the second weird event happened. Not only were there my tracks and those of my two collies, but two more alongside them of a much larger size and deeper tread. No one could possibly have made them in the short time that I turned to observe the strange cloud. My way up was at all other times in my view, and from where I'd been sitting, I would have been able to see somebody. Also, one of my colleagues started to sniff at the strange tracks that had been left. So, what happened up there on uh, on Crossfell? Um, I you know I'm not too sure, but it would seem. That I can't say this year that winter season reports are very rare because they've just come flooding in and I will keep you up date with them. I've got some amazing cases coming up, some fantastic witness interviews um, and I'm sure that you'll enjoy them. So until the next time, thank you very much. Good night, everyone.